Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. My family and I were recently uh, traveling down the Ohio Turnpike from Willoughby, Ohio, from visiting one of our church planners um, up in that, that area and the Heritage Baptist Church. In fact, uh, the crew was there on, what was it, Sunday night? Saturday night. And uh, we were coming down and a first for us, we were in a, a borrowed car um, heading towards my family for Thanksgiving. And uh, so we were traveling down, and all of a sudden we heard something, and, and evidently we had picked up in the back passenger tire uh, a six-inch Allen wrench. If you don't know what an Allen wrench is, uh, tires and Allen wrenches shouldn't go, you know, shouldn't go together. But we picked that thing up, and within three minutes that tire was flat, and we're on the side of a busy, um, busy turnpike, and uh, we're just waiting there. Now, the spare was buried, and uh, it was under a bunch of luggage, and I didn't, uh, I didn't really want to put on the spare. I had called my roadside assistants, and they didn't show up, and they, they said they were going to be on their way, and about uh, uh, 35 minutes later, they say, we're not showing up, and we're waiting there, and it's getting dark, and, and finally, the Lord brings along a state trooper, and I was very, very appreciative because that time it was dark. Really didn't want my kids on the side of the road without some sort of flashing lights out there. He provided both. He provided a flashlight. We got the spare change, and we finally, we finally got on our way into Toledo. And uh, you know, there's times in our lives when, uh, when someone just showing up really makes a huge difference. The presence of somebody. Have you ever been in a hospital room where you where you were alone and, and it was the presence of someone you cared about or they cared about you, them being there really made a difference. Just them being with you made all the difference in the world. Maybe one of your children here tonight, having your parents or a friend with you, hey, that made, that made the difference for you, someone with you. And as I think about the Christmas story, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter number one. And I want to uh, read a part of the Christmas story Really, as you come together this weekend, I encourage you to do that. Maybe go to Luke chapter number two. But Matthew chapter number one shares a perspective about the Christmas story that is really important. helps us understand this idea of with, with us. Matthew 1 and verse number 18, it says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, in this way. When as Mary, as his mother Mary was espoused or engaged to Joseph before they came together, they weren't living together yet, they were betrothed, they were engaged, promised to each other, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her, uh, her husband, being a just man or a righteous man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away on privately, just uh, kind of let it go, but his heart was broken because she's with child and it isn't his and she, he's wondering what's going on. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost." And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, do you know it? Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's what Jesus means, Savior. 
That's a very good, very good thing to know in these days as you celebrate Jesus' coming. It means Savior. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord or of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Say that together with me. Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Now that prophecy was given 700 years previous, but it came true on that night, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. And he knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name, help me, Jesus. What a beautiful, beautiful name. But I want to zoom in on this name, Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, help me, God with us. God with us. That's a wonderful thing. Now, when someone is with us, we think back to the hospital room or maybe that difficult time you're going through and someone came along, put their arm around your shoulder and they said, hey, I'm here. And their being with you made all the difference in the world. God sent Jesus Christ into the world, named him Emmanuel back in Isaiah 7, verse number 14, as an announcement to the world, I am here with you in your troubles, in your sin, in your life. I am here with you, God with us. What a reassuring, what a reassuring name. The names of Jesus mean so much. Jesus means Savior, but God with us. Now, I don't know all that you're going through tonight. I don't know every single one of you, but no doubt there's burdens and struggles that you're facing. And I want to remind you that Jesus being here on earth, coming at Christmas time, is God with us. God with us. What a beautiful name. What should this remind us of? What does this mean for all of humanity? What does God with us mean for you? What does it mean for your neighbor? What does it mean for the people at work? What does it mean? I want us to notice, first of all, it means that the lost can be found. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 16, uh, in that story of the, the Christmas story, for unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He came to save. Luke 19 and verse number 10, for the Son of Man cometh to seek and to save that which is lost. Now that word lost is interesting. Most of us don't want to admit when we're lost. How about you guys? Anyone here? I'm not lost. I know exactly where I'm going. This is just a shortcut, right? Lost. But here in the Bible, it really has the idea of a person that is in the in the the state of perishing. You know, you and I were born into this world, the Bible says, with sin. We don't like to talk about that. We don't like to often deal with that, but the reality is we're all born sinners, and because we're born sinners, we sin. We see the sin that's around us in our society, and oftentimes we struggle with it in our own hearts. But the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost, those that are suffering under the consequences of sin. The greatest burden that any person can bear, unbear is the burden of sin. The burden of my own sinfulness, the burden of sinfulness around me. And Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us, to be with us even there. To help us in that moment. John 3.16, you might know it and you can say it along with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not but have everlasting life. You don't have to be lost. 
You don't have to go through life wondering, where will I spend eternity? What will happen to me after I die? You don't have to. The Bible says Jesus came exactly to help you in that circumstance, to seek and to save that which is lost, those that are, those that are perishing. Romans 5 and verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We're all in the same boat. I was born a sinner, you're born a sinner. But the fact is, God with us, he came to that moment. He came there. You might know the song Amazing Grace. Remember the first verse? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, right? But now I'm found. Now I'm found. John Newton understood when he came to Jesus Christ, he went from being lost to being found. Do you know what God with us means for us? The lost can be found. There's a person here, a person you know that cannot be found, cannot be moved from perishing to having everlasting life. You want that. I want that for you. That's why we're gathered together even tonight. I remember it was uh, uh, 1996, November the 13th, that I came to Jesus Christ as a 12-year-old boy. I understood that I was a sinner. I understood that I needed a Savior. I understood that I was lost, and I admitted that to my Heavenly Father. And that night when I bowed my knee before him and asked him to forgive me of all my sin, past, present, future, he gave me forgiveness and eternal life. He found me that night, and it made the difference in my heart. Whether you're a teenager or an adult, it doesn't matter, a child here tonight, the fact is you can be found and know. You ought to be able to say with assurance in your heart, if I were to die tomorrow, I am on my way to heaven because I've been found by the Savior. I've been found. He is God with me. I want us to think this, that God with us doesn't just mean the lost can be found, but it also means the lonely, the lonely can have, a, have fellowship, the lonely can have a friend. Loneliness is a real thing. It's an epidemic. We're connected we're connected in so many ways, yet so much loneliness. How can we share burdens publicly on Facebook and social media and yet have so many people who truly care, have so few people that truly care? And the fact is we live in a world that's very, very lonely, but the Son of Man being here, Emmanuel being here, is not just that the lost can be found, it's that the lonely can have fellowship, a true friend that sticks closer than a brother. First John 1 and verse number 1, it tells us that John says we saw him. We, we witnessed his works. We, we walked with him. We, we observed his miracles. We saw him saving and rescuing people. We saw that, and we're witnessing that to you. And he says in verse number three, that which we have seen and heard declare unto you that ye also might have fellowship with the Father, with us and with the Father, and truly our fellowship is with the, the Son. He says, I'm sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with you so that you can know him as one uh, of your friends as one you can fellowship with. What is fellowship? Fellowship's the idea of partnering with, going through life together. A companion, someone who shares moments with you. You know Jesus wants that for you? Jesus wants to be your daily friend. Now the Bible tells us he's a friend of sinners. But he's not just a friend of sinners. He, when they come to him, he walks with them through the rest of life. There is no greater thing to, than to know that Jesus is walking with you and that you're walking with him and you know him and he's your faithful companion that will never, 
never leave you or forsake you. Connectedness doesn't necessarily mean togetherness, but with Jesus Christ, when you come to him in salvation, he promises in Hebrews 13 and verse number five, he'll never leave you or forsake you. And then you can boldly say from that, the Lord is my helper. He's always there to help me. He's always there to guide me. He's a faithful friend. I can always come to him. I can always bring my, my prayer needs to him. I can always talk to him. He is always, always there. And I'm so grateful for the fellowship that Jesus Christ offers. Just remember this. Emmanuel means God with us. The lost can be found. Emmanuel means God with us. The lonely can have fellowship. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel a bit lonely. Listen, if you've not yet come to Jesus Christ and accepted him as your personal savior, that's the first step. If you know for certain that you're saved and on your way to heaven, that you've been born again, don't miss out on the fellowship that Jesus wants with you. Don't miss out on the daily walk that he wants with you. It starts in his word and it continues in prayer. He wants that with you. He's not a distant savior. He doesn't save you and say, farewell, you know what? I'll see you on the other side. When you get to heaven, we'll talk then. No, he wants to talk with you now. He wants that fellowship with you now. And that's the grand thing about Christmas time. It reminds us God is with us. So we celebrate it. We celebrate it. And here's my final question to you. Has God with us become God with me? With me. Can you say that on a daily basis you know the fellowship with Jesus Christ, that you know Emmanuel personally. He's become God with me. Don't let it be someone else's God. Don't, don't observe the celebrations of others and others worshiping Christ. Has he become God with me? Because that's what he wants to be. He came to know you personally. Tonight I want to take an opportunity just to draw our attention to this, to this matter and really a decision point. Bible says, John 1 and verse number 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You know, he wants you to receive him. He wants you to know for certain that you're saved, that you're born again, that your sins are forgiven, you have eternal life, you're not perishing. He wants that, but it starts with you receiving him. It starts with you saying, yes, I need him. I am a sinner and I need him. I accept what he did for me at the cross in my place. I accept him. And he says, to those that believe on him in that way, receive him in that way, they become the sons of God and truly know what it is for it to be said, God is with me. Would you bow your heads tonight? Let's have a moment of prayer and just silent reflection here. We've heard so much beautiful music this evening that leads our hearts heavenward. But I wonder how many tonight would say, Pastor Kagan, I do think back to a time when I accepted Jesus Christ, like you said about when you were 12 years of age, I can think back to a time where I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And it, it is, is true in my heart. God is with me. I know that if I were to die, I'd spend eternity in heaven. I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. I know that, and I have a Bible reason to, um, to, to say that, to claim that. I know that I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you tonight, no one's looking around, but would you just be willing to raise your hand and, and say that to God? I do know for certain that I'm on my way to heaven. Praise the Lord. So many, so many hands. Is there anyone here tonight that would say, Pastor, I don't know that for certain. I wonder about that. I'm nervous about that. I think about that at night. 
I think about that often in the quiet moments of my, my life. I don't know that for certain. Is there anyone like that with no one looking around? Is there anyone like that tonight? I don't know that, but I'd like to know. I'm not going to point you out. I promise you that. Is anyone here tonight like that? I'd like to know for certain that I'm on my way to heaven. Would you just slip up your hand and put it back down? Okay. I want to lead us in a prayer here tonight. And my prayer doesn't save. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Tonight, if you would from your heart pray something like this, asking the Lord to be your Savior, pray this in your heart as I pray. Dear Jesus, I believe in my heart that you are God. I believe that you died for all of my sins and rose again. I confess to you that I am a sinner, and I ask you to be my personal Savior right now. I place 100% of my trust in you to come into my life, give me new life, and to take me to heaven someday. Right now, the best I know how, with all my trust, I accept your free gift of eternal life. Thank you for keeping your promise. And thank you for answering this prayer. Again, in the quiet of this moment, perhaps you've prayed that tonight, and you just acknowledge that with an upraised hand, Pastor. I did pray that from my heart. I prayed that to the Lord. And I did accept him as my personal Savior. Is anyone like that here tonight? I did ask Jesus to be my personal Savior. Amen. Anyone else? I'd like to give you a Bible before you leave, and if you'd make sure that you see me uh, out at the Welcome Center after the service, I'd certainly like to give you a Bible. If you have questions about what was presented tonight, we, uh, the, um, the, the, the invitation's always open here, and I'd certainly love to answer any questions that you have. Be out in the lobby. There's some refreshments out there after the service tonight. You can look this way. Thank you so much for your kind attention. The most important thing to know is where you're going to spend eternity. The most important thing to know most important thing to know is that God is with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.